Hi, Mama. Excited to be with you. I am really excited to continue our series on marriage as well. And today we're going to dive into what I think is the number one reason that so many of us, maybe you, are unhappy in our marriages, um, why we're struggling so much, why so many marriages are like on the rocks, uh, falling apart. Um, we're you know, hanging out at that 50% divorce rate, right? Like, why are we all struggling so badly? And this is for people inside the church and outside the church. Um, And I just have, through things I've read and and kind of connecting some dots, I feel like I know now (laughs) what I think the number one problem is. So I'm excited to share that with you because I hope it's just going to give you some insight and clarity over what's going on so that you can begin to shift your mindset. And that's really like what we're talking about here right now, you know, in this series. Um, the series is all about how to stay married and have kids. And in this series, you know, I'm going to get to the practical. I'm going to get to answering your questions that you posted in the Facebook group. And we're going to talk about like actual situations, actual things you need to do. But we have to first begin with how we see things, how we think about things, because those thoughts, those perspectives, they influence our actions. And we are constantly acting out of our worldview. And so if we don't shift that worldview that is distorted, then we're going to continue. We're going to try and change our actions, but that's only going to last for a minute until we actually have to change the root of it, the core of it, which is what we're talking about, the mindset, the perspective behind it. So I'm excited to go here with you. It's, it's a little bit deep. It's a little bit intense, um, but it's, I think, really important work that we all need to do. So if you're here showing up for this, like, well done. I know it's not easy. I know some of the things I'm saying are really challenging, and maybe you don't even agree with all of them, and that's okay. I just encourage you to lean into the voice of God. Go to God's word. Whatever I say, like, go to the Bible. Make sure it's accurate. You know, anything that we hear from anyone, we need to go to God's word and hold it up to the truth of God. Um, But I just encourage you to see what God might have to say to you in all of this. And I'm believing that he's going to set some people free, and he's going to restore some marriages and, and help some of us become the wives we're called to be. And when we do that, even if our husbands aren't seeking that same journey of healing and growth and perspective shifting, us changing truly has a dramatic effect on the health of the marriage, on the trajectory of the marriage. And I've seen this in action. It's, it's incredible. So if you, you know, I've talked a lot about not pointing the finger at the other, but I just want to encourage you as we're continuing to point the finger at ourselves, just know that that that's going to have a huge impact on your marriage as a whole. And so don't be discouraged. Um, this is where, this is where the work happens. Like we can't do work on someone else. We can't make them show up. We can't drag them to therapy. We can try, but we can't always get them there. And so if we can just, what we can't, what we do have control over though, is ourselves, how we see things how, how we are acting. So I am proud of you for showing up for this and I just can't wait to see what God is going to do. So let's do it. Welcome to the morning mama podcast, where it is time to wake up to the life you were created for. 
Come join me on a journey to heal from your past, craft a healthy, joy-filled life, and discover the gifts and passions inside of you that the world needs. Hi, I'm Brittany, a former marriage and family therapist who is ready to help you grab hold of your courage, step out in faith, and discover that your life can become more than you ever dreamed possible. This is Morning Mama, a place for you to throw off all that has been holding you back and run into true freedom. All right, Mama. So pumped to dive back into the deep end of thinking through marriage. Uh, really, a lot of it's through the lens of culture and, and where culture has brought us to. Um, but before we begin diving into culture, I do want to take a minute and say if you are struggling as a wife um, or a mother with your anger and anxiety and just this overwhelming feeling that you, you don't even know how to stop those cycles, then I want to invite you into the Healed Mama Academy. This is a place where I teach you how to do that deeper healing work um, to actually rewire your brain and change those patterns, get unstuck from those old behaviors that you're so ready to be done with. And I give you actual tools to to use in the moment so that you know how to change the behaviors. You know how to stop yelling. You know how to stop that anxiety. And you you have power over that. And I teach you all the steps. We dive into restoration theory, which is this incredible theory that's going to give you a map, a visible map to help you understand yourself and why you keep doing the things that you're doing. So please come join me. I would love for you to come apply and I would love to help you through that journey um, and go deeper into what is getting you stuck in this place where you feel like you can't show up as the wife, as the mom, as the human that you were created to be. So get all the information and apply at morningmama.co. That's morningmama.co. But now we are going to dive back into the deep end of culture. I actually just, I don't know, I just I was thinking today, I love thinking about culture and, and how these mindsets impact us in all of these various ways. And just today, and this kind of applies to our conversation as well, I was uh, going into my Audible to uh, download a new Audible book, which I'm going to mention with you today. It's so good. But the the you know, they always give you suggested reads. And the first one that popped up was called Determined. And it's this book. (laughs) So shocking. Uh, This book about this scientist that I guess is like renowned or well known. I don't know. I I don't know the full story. But you know, he's, he's, he's known by people. And he, this whole book is about his research. And as he tries to prove that free will does not exist that we are determined, like that our choices are already determined for us. And that is shocking. For those of you that, you know, don't feel that, like that is shocking. You know, if you think about it, like if if we're saying that our cho- we don't have choice, that means there's, n- right, for sure no sin. I know culture already says that, but like that we don't have a choice to make a right or a wrong decision that it's essentially determined for us. Therefore, there is no fault at the person making said choice, which is very dangerous, right? Dangerous territory. And and obviously like so directly in contradiction with God's word 
And so I, I like I, I know culture is already kind of headed in that direction, um, but today when I saw that, I just was shocked. And I don't know like how you know big this book is going to be or how much it's going to impact the general culture at large. But I do think that is a lot of the mentality that's swirling around us. That's that's an aspect of it, you know. And as we we go through talking about different aspects of culture, you know. Some of it can sound extreme, right? You you hear these viewpoints and you're like, oh, I absolutely disagree with that. Like, I absolutely don't hold that viewpoint. But the challenge is to hear it and think, okay, where have I, even in the smallest ways, allowed these thoughts and perspectives to seep into my worldview, to seep into how I view my relationship with God, to seep into how I view my marriage, to seep into how I parent, right? Because I think when we hear the big the big things, the big values, the big things that culture is saying, it's easy to say, no, that I, I, I understand that's wrong, that that's in contradiction to God's word. But I believe that even when we can recognize that so often, myself included, these, these mentalities seep so sneakily into how we see and do things. And so we need to have these ears just so ready <clears throat> to be retrained to to be to hear what God has to say to us in this because he wants to help align our perspectives with his perspective. And so my encouragement to you as we go through some of the things today is to not just throw this out if you hear something and you're like, "Oh yeah, I obviously already got that one taken care of," but I want you to just challenge yourself and think, "Okay, where maybe has this slipped in in the smallest way?" And just really and even ask God, "God, show me." Where has this slipped in? And let's just really work on realigning our lives, our mindsets, our perspectives with the word of God. Um, yeah, and I think I, I, yeah, again, like I said, I think of the number one thing that I think is really making so many marriages unhappy right now. Um, but there's some other things I want to touch on first. And a lot of these are very interconnected. So, you know, it might be it a different term or a different part of, of one idea, but I'm just going to run through them. Um, so, you know, don't overly think this through, but with each one of these, just hold it to your, your life, hold it to your mind and say, okay, where has this seeped into my mindset? Um, so a lot of these are kind of like we, the excerpt from the book I talked on in the last episode, a lot of these are kind of based in that mentality, understanding how culture has shifted over the last, what, uh, 60 years and how we've gotten to this place we are today. And so, you know, along, along that line, along that journey, um, we are now in a postmodern reality. And I haven't studied this in a while, so I don't remember really when like that post-modernity really set in. But in essence, the big idea here is this idea of cultural relativity, not just cultural relativity, uh, relativity in everything, that there is no one truth, right? We, everyone has their own truth. You know, you'll hear people, a lot of people say like, oh, that's my truth. I'm, I'm speaking my truth. Or even like others will be like, well, I respect that that's your truth, right? I, I, I want to, I see that that's you, right? Your truth. And you can hear that and, and see that in that there is, it, it contradicts itself truly because there's these two different realities in, in the same situation and they, they're completely against each other and, and both cannot be true at the same time. And yet they're saying, well, that's, that's yours. You hold that for yourself because there is no right or wrong. There is no one truth. 
And so this is like the, the permeating belief that, that we live in in a postmodern society, that there is no one truth. And we can see this, obviously, you know, as culture, especially in the U.S., um, has shifted away from being a Christian society, right? Our, our, our country began as a Christian society, and it has, very, you know, we're very far away from that now. And, you know, you can see it specifically in that, right? People don't believe that that is the one truth, but this goes into so many different different realms, right? This goes into sexuality. This goes into gender, right? This is, this is kind of the basis for wh- how we got here. So this is something like, again, you might think, okay, no, I know. I know God's word is the truth, right? Um, but ultimately, for many of us, this has led us to a place where we don't take God's word uh, with the full weight of it, right? We, we might throw out different parts of the Bible, like, oh, yeah, I believe in most of it, but, you know, I don't know about this section, so... I think it means this, right? And we ascribe a different meaning to text in God's word, but it's it's always meant the same thing. And we think that we can just shift it and change it. And so, you know, again, this is applies to many categories, but I think also with divorce, like with marriage, right? We begin to taint God's creation of marriage, how he outlined marriage. And I'm not just talking about um, same-sex marriages here. I'm talking about how we view the covenant of marriage in that it's an, it's a covenant, right? It's not just a contract. Like we talked about in the last episode, it's a commitment an oath made under God and God takes it extremely seriously. And we don't bottom line, we, we, we don't. And, you know, even if you do, and maybe some of you have a good perspective here, but I know I like, even though I've always said, like, I've always, you know, been like divorce is not an option. Like I've said that since I was little, we've always said it in our marriage. But all in in moments where things are really hard, I know that I have had thoughts of like, oh man, maybe, maybe that just would be better, right? And and they're usually pretty fleeting thoughts, um, but they're they they're, they're there. And if I ever give any kind of weight to those, I could easily see how that would that would just run away, right? And so, as we are in this this sea of relativity where there's no truth, that seeps into how we view God's laws, God, how God has outlined our world. And so it's, it's begun to erode this, this, the strength, the weight of what marriage means. Okay. All right, let's keep going. There's so many facets to all of this. Um, another thing that's impacting us is uh, a new definition of freedom. So this is uh, another thing that John Mark Comer talks about in his book, Live No Lies, that I was quoting in the last episode. Um, and he talks about how we, as a culture, specifically, I think the U.S. he is referring to, but we had this unanimous view of freedom. And at that time, the view of freedom was that it meant that we were, we had self-control, right? We, we didn't let any of our uh, desires take over us, that we, you know, did the right thing, right? We weren't just um, sleeping around. We weren't just eating what we wanted, right? We had control. That was freedom, 
Like there was nothing else controlling us. There was freedom. Now he talks about how as a society, this is completely flipped on its head. And so now the, the definition, the overarching definition in society of freedom is that we get to do what we want. We get to follow our feelings. We get to do what feels right. We decide what's right, what's wrong. And that's what freedom is. And I think all of us can see this, right? Hookup culture, um, even in talking about body image. Now, I don't think shame that, you know, I always talk about how shame has no place. That's not where God's desire for you. Shame is not helpful, but also, you know, our, our bodies at a certain weight are healthier, right? But there's this movement that I've seen evidenced in TV shows I've seen about how it's like, well, this person feels like she loves eating. She loves to do that. And so, you know, she's obese, which causes health complications. We know this, but that's not seen as a negative thing because that's just her truth, right? Like that's her freedom, right? She's living freely. She is eating what she wants when she wants. That is true freedom. And so we can't judge her for that. Now, I don't think we need to judge anyone, but what I mean by that is, while we're not called to condemn other people, we are called to have a, a eye of discernment, meaning we can see what's right and what's wrong. And while we're not supposed to go around and say, oh, you were overweight and so that is wrong, right? That's obviously not how we want to see someone or speak, obviously. But what I mean is that we need to understand like, oh, actually, that's not healthy. But culture would say that we can't even say that because that's that person's freedom. That's that person's truth. And so you see how it's, it's getting warped in so many different facets, right? Um, and I think this seeps into how we view marriage, right? Because we're surrounded by this idea that we should, in order to be live life fully, we should be able to do what we want when we want. That is the idea that we swim in. And when we swim in that idea, it seeps into how we view things. And so when we hit a point in our marriage that doesn't feel good, it's not fun. It's not easy. It's not what we imagined. It's not what we wanted. Then part of us thinks, well, that probably means it's wrong because my life is supposed to be, and we don't necessarily have this conscious thought, but we have this unconscious thought that like my life is supposed to feel good. My life is supposed to be free meaning like culture's definition of freedom, meaning I get to do what I want when I want, do what feels right, do what feels good, follow my heart. And so any of those mentalities are going to lead us to a place where divorce is the option or, you know, direction away from a help, like fighting for a marriage is that's where it's going to take us. And so like, even if some of us are still not considering divorce, this mentality has seeped in and we're beginning to, to view challenging interactions, challenging seasons as something that is, it means that like in our minds that maybe this just isn't right. Maybe this isn't good, even though it is normal. We're going to, like I talked about in the last episode, we're going to have seasons that we don't like that aren't going to feel good, that aren't going to be fun. And sometimes these are longer seasons than we want them to be. And in addition, it also drives us away from doing the right thing. So, you know, in a moment where you're frustrated with your spouse or, you know, you just feel like doing your thing, right? You feel like going and watching your show or, um, going with your friends, which again, none of these are inherently wrong, but I know from experience that sometimes I have to choose my husband 
and choose to lean in when honestly I would rather do something else. Like my fleshly desires, and it's not like I'm going and sinning, but I just feel like working. You know, I feel like I love working. So I feel like going and working. I feel like going and reading, right? But I know the right thing to do is to lean into my marriage, to to sacrifice time, to show up, and talk through things, even if it's not like a challenge, just, just talk, right? Just, just be in that relationship. Some of you that comes easy, but not all of us. And so like, not only is this driving us away from our commitment as of marriage, but it's also this idea that we, we should only do things that feel good is driving us away from showing up in our marriage in a way that we're called to show up. Because if we just do what feels right, we are going to end up farther and farther away from our spouse. Because any kind of intimate relationship requires sacrifice. It requires discomfort. It requires growth, right? Like when we're combining two different people, there's going to be some clash if you're, if you're doing it right. If you're intimate and, and, and really sharing your heart, like there's going to be some sticky points. And so if we're just doing what feels good, we're going to run from those moments. We're going to run from those interactions. And so this is also driving us to not show up as who we are created to be as husbands and wives. Okay. Some more for you. When I haven't even gotten to the big, big one yet. I'm talking too much. (laughs) Okay. Um, comfort culture. This is another big one. Um, this is, you know, kind of like what I was just talking about, but you do what you feel is right. You take care of yourself first, right? Comfort culture says that, ah, you know, I can't really commit to that. I can't really show up for that because I really just need to take care of myself. I need a self-care day, right? And so comfort culture tells us that any kind of pressure, any kind of suffering is wrong and we need to run from it and escape it. But that's not God's way, God uses, the the Bible talks again and again about how God uses suffering to grow us and shape us and refine us. And so sometimes marriage comes with suffering. And so if we're not willing to press into that suffering, then we are going to end up moving away and away from God's true idea, idea of marriage, not just of marriage, of who he wants us to become. But comfort culture screams at us all the time because that's part of what our culture espouses is you know, take care of yourself, like do what feels right, self-care, self-care. And again, I talk about how to take care of yourself, like that is important, but culture warps it and says that all suffering is bad and that we need to only lean into what is comfortable. Comfortable is never going to get you the results you want. Comfortable is going to leave you not only in the place you're in, but it's going to drive you farther and farther, deeper into a hole away from where you want to be. So we've got to be careful. Okay. Another one, um, this one we already touched on in the last episode, but just the sexual revolution. We talked about how that led to a a myriad of other changes in our culture and has, has brought us to this place where how we view marriage, how we view divorce, how, yeah, so many things. Um, we already talked about that. So we're going to keep going. Another one is hyper individualism, uh, especially in the U S like it is, it is all about I, what I want, my truth, right? All like, we don't need each other anymore. And especially in the digital age, there's all of these facades that make us feel like we have real relationships that make us feel like we have intimacy, make us feel like we don't need each other because there's always something to do or other people's lives to look at, or even people to talk to, but they're not authentic relationships. And this leads us to a place where we don't rely on each other. 
We can just retreat to our phone. We can just retreat to this false idea that we have these relationships, right? And so this is just another proponent that drives us away from, from pressing in in marriage when we need to press into each other, fight for each other. But there's like this, this force, this invisible force constantly pulling us away, right? Just, just the fact that your phone is in your pocket and, and you're sitting next to your husband, maybe it's even in your hand. That's already pulling you away from that relationship. And, you know, even in research, or I'm trying to remember where this, where I learned about this idea, but it just, a quick glance down at your phone or your your watch, like Apple Watch, right? That instantly decreases the intimacy in that relationship or in that conversation, right? It instantly creates a uh, division of trust because that attention is diverted, right? We even learn like when a phone is just in a room with you, it decreases your working attention span. So like this powerful force is constantly eroding at us, at our relationships and, and for sure our marriages. I mean, how many of you sit in your bed at night and scroll? You and your husband sitting there together and scrolling, or you're trying to watch a movie together, but you're just scrolling, right? And there's so many people that fall into that. And so, you know, I think this impacts all of us at a different level. It's this constant force driving us away from each other. Um, And another one we talked about in the last couple episodes is just Disney culture, purity culture, just how this false idea of marriage and what it's supposed to look like and what it's supposed to be about has set in. And it's really made it uh, this idea that it's supposed to be this fantasy, which a fantasy is just all about you, right? All about what you want and what you feel and what is nice to you. And that's going to bring us into marriage under the wrong terms. Okay. So all of those have impacted us, but here's the big, big one. This is what I think is number one. As I thought about it, You can disagree, come into the Facebook group and tell me your thoughts. And this might not apply fully to everyone, but I think, I know I've seen it in my relationship. I know I've seen it in some of the comments uh, that you guys have shared. I've for sure seen it in culture and TV shows and all of that kind of mumbo jumbo. Um, (laughs) But this is what is number one. So this is all based in critical theory, which um, I unpack a little bit more in episodes 94 and 95. Uh, In those episodes, I'm specifically talking about how it relates to parenting and discipline, but I I do dive into it a little bit there. Um, And it's, yeah, I don't even have the notes to explain it to you. It's this pervasive idea in our culture that has led us to many um perspective changes in our culture for how we view a lot of things. I know that's a very vague, unhelpful um, definition, but there you go. (laughs) I haven't studied it in a bit and it is a little more complex, but essentially the, the components that I believe came from this that are contributing to our unhappiness in marriage is one of the the main tenets in critical theory is that everyone falls under one of two categories. Everyone, it, it, this theory makes the, the firm distinction that you're either one or the other. Um, and again, you might not see it that clearly, but it is impacting how you see your husband. So everyone, it says, falls into either the oppressor or the oppressed. 
You can't be both. You have to be in one of those. Every relationship has an oppressor and an oppressed. And that that there's no no relationship that is immune from this. Like it shows up everywhere is what the theory says. And so if you look at that, you know, that along with feminism, which ultimately like, you know, if you define feminism as like women are just as human and worthy as men. Okay. I can, like, I buy into that. I I don't believe that God made us less than, but there's a lot of definitions of feminism out there. And a lot of them take us to a whole different place. So, but what I mean by this is just that, that movement towards trying to create this equality combined with, with this idea and critical theory that we are either the oppressed or the oppressor. I believe that now we are going into our marriage and this is how we see everything. Everything. Like when, when we have to cook dinner, we are seeing it as like, wow, I'm oppressed. I see I'm cooking. I just took care of the kids all day and here I am cooking and then I'm doing the dishes, right? Like, wow, I am, I'm oppressed, right? And we wouldn't use that language. We wouldn't say, you know, no, I don't think most of us would think, oh, I'm, I'm oppressed right now. But we have this underlying perspective that our husbands are the oppressors that our husbands, because they are men, they're evil. And again, I know that sounds extreme and you're probably like, I don't believe that, but our culture is screaming that at us. And, and, you know, even in subtle ways, it's screaming that at us. And so I believe that a lot of us have ingested some of this. And again, you got to be careful because even if you throw out that, that big idea, it's probably seeped in, in some respects to different ways that you view and communicate with your husband, you know? And so, you know, I hear all kinds of different situations about like, well, you know, I feel like I do so much or, you know, for example, you know, when a woman has to be the one to get up with the kids at night and, you know, I'll, I'll use this cause I fell into this and I've shared some of my story on some other episodes in the past, but I fell into this idea that you know, it was just so horrible that I was the one getting up to take care of my baby when, you know, when I became a mother and I felt like it was so wrong, even though I was breastfeeding. So like, you know, and truly like I could see just even like my biology. And now I know not every single woman, man is wired specifically this way. I have heard of situations where the man, it's easy for him to get up and it's like easy for him to take care of the baby in the night. And that actually works great for them. That's awesome. So I'm not saying every single man and woman is like this, but for sure in my marriage, in, in who I am as a woman and who my, my husband is as a man, it is a million times easier for me to hop out of bed, take care of the baby and then get back to sleep. Now, sometimes it's more complex, complex, right? If I'm really tired or, you know, sometimes I'll have trouble falling back to sleep, but in general, like it's a lot easier. And I remember moments where my, I, I, you know, in my head had it, that it had to be fair. It had to be perfect, had to be equal. And I remember waiting for my husband to get out of bed and he took so long (laughs) and I can hear the baby crying and I'm just getting angrier and angrier and he's trying to wake up and he's trying to get out of bed. And in my mind, all I could see was that, wow, he just, he just doesn't care. He just doesn't think that he should be doing this. He just, right. I don't know. I don't even know what narratives I was painting, but 
I didn't paint any kind of fair narrative of saying like, wow, this just is physically hard for him, right? Like that, that was not a thought. It was all, he is in the wrong. He is against me. It is unfair that this is happening, right? Like this, this narrative of unfair, like if you hear yourself saying that things are unfair a lot, then you probably have some of this mindset that has seeped into how you, how you view marriage. And so I remember just feeling like this is how it had to be. And like, he had to take turns with me. Otherwise it was just wrong. Right. And I was just like, so up in arms about this. And, and I viewed so many things over the course of our marriage this way, right? Like me taking care of the kids, even though I told him when we, when we became parents that I wanted to be a stay at home mom. (laughs) And then I get angry when I have to be a stay at home mom. What? And I'm not bringing any income in. Like, you know, and it's just crazy. It's funny to look back and just see so clearly. And I'm not saying I'm perfect now. Like, I'm sure I, I still have these mindsets that have woven themselves into how I view him and our marriage and, and what is fair and what is right. And, you know, just to wrap up that story, um, I, with our second baby, just shifted. And I don't remember how that shift happened exactly. I don't think I fully you know, realized that I was viewing it wrong, but I, I just was the one to get up with our kids, um, at that point. And it was so much easier, right? Like when he's, I'm waiting for him to get out of bed. I have so much anxiety. I have so much anger. Like the the baby's crying. I feel like we need to be there. Like, you know, whatever. And I just, it was just awful. And again, that's just one example of, for me, what that looked like. I know every family is different, you know, sometimes sharing those night responsibilities works better for a couple. And as we're talking about this, we're going to talk about more of the nuances of it. Like, I'm not saying that you can never voice that you're struggling and that you can never say like, Hey babe, I think like I need some help here. Or I I feel like this, you know, even isn't fair, right? Like you you can use that. But, but I think just overall we have, have, we feel slighted at everything because we have this underlying belief that this isn't fair as a mom. This just isn't fair. It's not right. And we're going to talk more in the next episode because I just talked too much here. But we're going to talk about how as we view our husbands that way, it's actually it's actually causing them. And I don't want to say cause too harshly because ultimately we all have free will. We all have choices. But ultimately, when we're critical of our husbands and we're speaking into them that they're constantly messing up and that they're constantly falling short, it's only going to lead to more of that. The more we believe that we're lacking, the more that we are going to show up lacking, the less we're going to do well in. Like this part of the book that I'm reading now, it's called The Gap and the Gain, and I'll talk more about it in the next episode, but biologically, we change when we believe that that we are growing and that we're thriving. And then if we believe that we're just lacking, it actually changes our biology. So as we continue to, in subtle ways, speak this over our husbands that he's not doing enough, that he's messing things up. Why can't he just get it right? Why can't he figure this out? Why doesn't he know this on his own? Why do I have to always be telling you? Right? We're speaking this over them 
And we're, we're focused on the gap. We're focused on where they're failing, where they're messing up. And as we speak that over them, more and more and more do they believe that that's just the truth. That's They just can't do it right. They're not good enough. So as they believe that, that's going to cause them to back up and back up and become more anxious and become less, less self-confident, which means that they think less critically, right? And it just creates this cycle. And, you know, I've gotten a lot of comments about like, oh, my husband's always asking like for how, how do I do? Like he asked me a simple question and I'm like, why, why should I answer that? You should know, like logically you should know. And I've been there. Like I've had these situations in my own life. I'll, I'll we'll, we'll go more into this in the next episode, but like those situations happen because we've created that. We've created our uh, marriage where our husbands feel insecure because we are constantly focused on where they're lacking. Okay, so much more here. Hang, like hang with me. I know some of you that might, like you don't see the full picture yet. And so you're still a little, little like not sure, like, but really, you know, why is he asking me this? I want to continue painting this picture for you because I believe this is going to be a, a game changer for you as you rid yourself of these essentially evil thoughts that have come from our culture, right? This is not this is not how God describes us. This is not aligned with God's word. And so when we let these mindsets seep in, it's only going to lead us to a place of destruction. Oh, we've got this though. Okay, so keep leaning in. We're, we're going to keep going in the next episode and there is a way out. Okay, so you're doing great. Let me pray for you. God, I thank you uh, just for your grace for us as we navigate this world and we are surrounded by a culture that doesn't believe in you. And so God, I just pray that you would help each of us just hold each of our thoughts captive. God, I pray you would help us just to see where maybe we've let some of these mentalities seep into how we view our husbands, how we view our marriages. And I pray that you would just help align every thought, every line of thinking with your word, God. And I pray that you would just be in the middle of this supernaturally help us, God. Just just bring to mind thoughts, perspectives throughout this week where we're falling into some of these viewpoints that culture has decided what is right. And we know that goes against your word, God. So just help us, God. We know that you're never going to leave us or forsake us, God. And we, we thank you for that, God. I pray for healing and restoration over our minds, God, as wives. Lord, we thank you and we love you. We glorify you in all things. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Love you, mama. If you found hope and inspiration in today's episode, then hit subscribe. Make sure you don't miss a moment on this journey of healing. Want to help more mamas enter into the hope and freedom you have found? Please take a moment to leave a review. This helps so much to get Morning Mama seen so that more mamas can find this space. Lastly, please come say hi in our Facebook group, Morning Mama Collective. I would love to meet you and learn your story. Let me know where you're getting stuck in your healing journey so that you can help inspire more episodes. I am so grateful for you, Mama, and I cannot wait to see all that God has in store for you. Mama.